This podcast may include adult content. Bound Off is an independent, nonprofit audio magazine committed to paying authors for their work. To join us in our mission of broadcasting great stories to a worldwide audience, please consider dropping us a dollar or two at boundoff.com slash donate. Support for this episode comes from the Loft Literary Center, located in Minneapolis, Minnesota, one of the nation's leading literary nonprofits, offering a wide array of online creative writing classes for all levels and genres. Online classes are offered seasonally. Find out how to register at loft.org. Welcome to Bound Off, a literary audio broadcast. In this edition, we have two stories, Jimmy the Mime by Jason Schultz and Say It by Liam Callanan. Jimmy the Mime, written by Jason Schultz, read by Mark Rushton. Listening time, 2 minutes, 34 seconds. They would find the mime the next morning, hanging dead by a rope from the crooked lamppost in front of the town hall. But tonight they ignored him, as they'd learned to do through years of repetition, like all the other things they took for granted now. Like the things at first miraculous or fantastic, or at least attention-worthy about this place. But the months and years had made humdrum. Walking past him now like he was the sharp sky or brown mountains, or the big pothole in front of Zucker's quick grocery. Constant and disregardable. They ignored the mime that Saturday evening as they had learned to ignore the tourists that swarmed and swept and bought and left behind small piles of money. They ignored him as they had learned to ignore the buses that lined the main road on Saturday afternoons, coughing out exhaust and middle-class retirees. They ignored him as they had learned to ignore the definitions applied to them by the world. These townsfolk, these hippies, these artists, colonists, criminals, hermits. And yes, perhaps they had forsaken the world for this lonely, ghosted place high up a mountain. But what was wrong with that? Was the world so much a better place to be? They ignored the mime that night as he played his typical sidewalk set, as he pushed against the walls of an invisible box, as he smiled and frowned from a grease-paint face, as he straightened the bow tie, marked in black, on his old white T-shirt. They ignored him as he climbed, finally, a set of non-existent stairs leading somewhere, somewhere, while a last small straggling group of gray hairs oohed and awed because, as the sun plunged over the mountain, the mime that night left the ground, climbed the air, truly did, according to some, walk all the way up to the pale blue light that topped the crooked lamppost as it buzzed to life, truly did walk up, past the light and on, and on, and there he went up, out, over the mountain and down, followed the sun, at least according to some of the silvered witnesses later, who were generous with their tips, tossing singles and fives and even a couple of tens into the empty beret on the sidewalk before reboarding a coughing bus. Sunday morning would bring a wind from the north, a chill wind and a wet wind. But when they found him, it was strange. They said later, when these hippies and artists and hermits had finally gone back to their ramshackle houses stilted on the side of the mountain, and they spoke of it for a while. It was strange, they said because it seemed the mime had refused to move that morning, hanging there, his body refusing to sway, despite a wind that should have moved it. 
Jason Schultz's work has appeared recently in Columbia, a journal of literature and art, Jersey Devil Press, and Smoke Long Quarterly. His virtual self can be found at jasonschultz.com. Say It, written and read by Liam Callanan. Listening time, 6 minutes, 24 seconds. Do not say sleep. Do not say past. Do not avoid the topic. The first brochure had a picture of a leash lying on an empty lawn under a tree. I liked it. I wanted to be under that tree now with a beer, but no leash. It reminded me of something the vet had said a few months ago when she was guesstimating the dose for our cat, Willie. This is dog medicine, she said. We're pretty sure it works on cats, but they haven't calculated the dosages. It's like that with a lot of medicine. It's all about the dogs. Our vet was all about cats, saw no other type of animal. Friends told me that was the problem, that if we'd gone to a regular veterinarian, we would have been able to put down our cat a long time ago. But a cat specialist was obviously going to keep the cat alive for as long as she could, and she did, month after month, the vet said. Let's see what's what. What's what is that we are divorcing. This is not off topic. Sylvia had bought the cat early on. I was against it. The kids came long after the cat. They liked the cat fine. I never did, but somehow I became the one who always took the cat to the vet, where the cat died earlier today. I'll give you some time alone with her, the vet said. I asked about my kids. There's some good stuff online, the vet said. By that, the vet meant reams of panicky advice. Do not say you put your pet to sleep. Your child will find bedtime hard. Tell your child the pet is dead. Do not lie. Do not avoid the topic. And on the topic of cremation, do it. An animal corpse can be scary. Cemetery burial expensive and backyard burial may violate city code and attract predators. I called the vet and said, cremation. I texted Sylvia the same thing. I've opted for cremation, and please don't sign the docs yet. I think we can work this out. She didn't reply, but she couldn't reply. It's a long flight from New York, and she doesn't buy the Wi-Fi. She reads. Books. The burnable kind. It's why I love her. The girls came home. I did not lie. I said, Willie is dead. Maeve, age five, started crying. Nice, Dad, Kate said. She's 12. Willie's in her class. Willie Sanchez is dead, said Grace, age 10. No, our cat, I said. Maeve stopped crying. Oh, she said. What's for snack? Usually Mommy has a snack ready. Did you kill her, Grace said. Grace, I said. Then who did, Kate said. The vet, I said. The doctor killed our cat, Grace said. Maeve grabbed me. It's called euthanasia, I said. Or another term is to um, put an animal to sleep. Dad, Kate said. Not sleep, I said. I'm sorry, dead. She's dead. Where is she? She's getting cremated, I said. And this is when I realized I had researched the wrong topic. Grace asked what cremation was. I didn't know how to say what it was, only that what you got back, which was ashes. Why, Maeve said. How, Kate asked. Kate's question seemed easier, so I lurched that direction. Well, they put the they put it in a it, it burns up, I said. What burns up? Grace said. 
Like someone lights a match, Kate said. Did you do it? No, 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 that's wrong. It's, it's, it's an oven, I said. Like brownies, Maeve said. If you like them burned, Grace said. Oh, that's funny, said Kate. No, guys. Which is something that drives Sylvia crazy, this slang. They're girls, not guys, and I know this okay, acutely. No, guys, it's an oven. It's like, it's like our oven. If you turn it way up, Maeve looked up at me, wide, wet pools for eyes. Willie is in our oven, she asked. Kate and Grace ran downstairs. It's okay to show emotion, one brochure said. But you are the adult. You need to be strong. You may cry, but if you find yourself unable to get over your sadness, seek help. Sylvia and I sought help after he died. Our baby, our first, our boy, our only secret, really, that we've ever kept from the Carols. They know about the divorce. They know about Sylvia's boyfriend. They know I'm upstairs crying because Maeve went down to tell them. The therapist I now know was terrible. But she was in network, no copay. She was hugely pregnant. She suggested we buy a pet, something to love, she said. I said no. Sylvia said buy it, and when I didn't, she did. It worked, I suppose. Sylvia moved on. Part of me never did. Part of me never forgave her for telling the hospital when they called after the autopsy. Yes. They'd offered to, quote, respectfully dispose of the body. And Sylvia looked at me. You're Catholic, she said. And this was my fault, too. No church will bury a stillborn child. But a hospital would. And days after, I found out that the hospital had buried the unclaimed remains in a special section of the cemetery. I visited. The cemetery said they had no record of our baby boy. Call the mortuary, they said. Maybe he went somewhere else. The mortician said he went into the air. Maybe he was either kind or he was exhausted. It was late on a Friday, and there apparently was no brochure for this discussion. Stillborn, he said. Well, those can be so small, and we're mostly just water, we humans, like 93%, and during the burn, she might have just evaporated into thin air. I didn't correct his pronoun, she. I breathed deep and caught myself. I'm catching myself now. I'm at the top of the stairs, quiet, and the girls downstairs have fallen quiet, too, because there are no more words to speak. Do not say mom. Do not say Willie. Do not say sleep. Do not say dead. Do not say goodbye. Say, he was beautiful. Say, he was your brother. Say, he died in a fire. Liam Callanan is the author of The Cloud Atlas and All Saints, both from Dial. For more about his fiction, nonfiction, and a children's lit guide to Paris, visit liamcallanan.com. Listener-supported Bound Off is made possible by grants from the Kern Family Endowed Fund. Further support comes from the Google Grants Program. Thanks for listening to this edition of Bound Off. Copyright Bound Off and the respective authors. All rights reserved. Visit our website at boundoff.com for information about our broadcasts and how to submit your stories.